I am so stoked because today we have Danny Zig from the Coconut Cartel on the vibe today. The Coconut Cartel is a Guatemalan Anejo rum mix with fresh coconut water. What started as Danny and her brother essentially selling these cool coconuts on the beaches of Miami turned into something larger. I'm so excited to share Danny's story because it's one that's fascinating and I've yet to have an alcohol brand on here and I'm learning that it has been a fascinating experience. So Danny, tell us about yourself, all of the little basics that started into this. Well, first, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, really fun opportunity uh, to tell my story. But uh, I've had a pretty wild uh, life experience, too, in, the, in addition to starting a business. But uh, I was born in Miami, Miami Beach. Both of my, my brother and I were born there. Um, my parents immigrated to the U.S. in the 70s or 60s and 70s from my mom from Guatemala and my dad from Venezuela. Um, but when we were kids, so I was about 10 years old. Uh, we, I like to say we reverse migrated, so we went back to Central America. Um, my dad started a business there, so we lived in, I actually just ended up growing up in El Salvador and in Guatemala. Oh, wow. Um, yep, yeah. and I did all my high school there, and so I had a pretty different experience, um, which I think uh, made me who I am today, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I mean, the chameleon-ness of it, I can pretty much fit in anywhere. <laughs> um and then I went to school for college in Boston. So I went to uh, a small business school called Babson College. Nice. I know Babson. Yeah. My boyfriend so. calls me Babson. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like just like he calls me babe, but he calls me Babson. It's super weird. But yeah, we know Babson. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a first. That's, <laughs> I know. That's so weird. <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. Love you, Booms. <laughs> that's, a, that's a weird pet name. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I went to Babson. I did the, you know, Babson's known for being an, a school for entrepreneurs. Uh, so I've always had an interest in entrepreneurship, even though I didn't know what that word was at the time. Um, and then I came back literally two days after college, uh, moved back down to Miami. My brother had, we both had sort of started working on a, a coconut smuggling ring operation. <laughs> And so I just came back, and ever since then, I've been on Coconut Cartel 24-7. Amazing. So what inspired your brother and you to get into the alcohol business, and why rum? Okay, good question. Uh, it actually, so it goes back to coconuts at first. So we were, um, this was like at a time when coconut water was getting really popular. Like, it had been growing, but just like, this is 2012. This is when really it started scaling big, and mm -hmm. coconut water. Um, and we grew up in El Salvador. We used to drink coconuts off the side of the street or, you know, whatever, out of a coconut. It wasn't packed in a Tetra Pak. So we thought, hey, why don't we bring these to the States and see if people are down to drink out of a coconut? And so evidently they are because ever since then, now there's like coconuts everywhere coming from Thailand and the Philippines. Everywhere. And <laughs> um, so we were like the first people to start sort of bringing in uh, full coconuts to drink them and we were selling them to beach hotels and restaurants and bars and um, we the first question that we would get from beverage directors was always what cocktail can I make inside of the coconut um, and us having grown up in Latin America or in Central America we we call it rum country because it's what people drink down there like rum and most Latin American countries, they have like their famous rum and they're really well made and people drink them like a whiskey. They'll drink them on the rocks. They'll drink them with coconut water. Very popular. 
So we would just tell them, you know, put a shot of aged rum in it. Like a good, we, we like a Spanish style. Yeah. They're Korean and then they're Spanish style. We like a Spanish style rum. So we just like put a, you know, a, a shot of aged rum in there and that was it. Um, and so through that, we basically became like, spiked coconut salesman <laughs> and started seeing that um people were when they were introduced to a really good aged rum like a dark aged rum um they were surprised and it was just different from what they were expecting from their traditional just like rum and coke or, right. or whatever you know like captain morgan that they're used to yes um, so we saw that opportunity we're like hey like we know that rum is awesome like we grew up around it and we have a certain perception of it um seems to be like in the States, there's like a different perception of it. Here's an opportunity for us to come in and, 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 and educate people and, and open up that door for them. Um, so that's pretty much why rum. Uh, we that's just, really, you know, that's so fascinating because, you know, I'm from Colombia and uh, what is our, uh, we have like a very specific um, type of alcohol also that I'm blanking on the name right now. Yeah, Aguardiente. And nobody knows about it at all. And I'll be completely honest with every person listening. It tastes awful. But but it leads me to a point that I think, you know, the way my, my aunts and uncles drink it is a very special way that they've made it taste good. And, like, it's really interesting that you took what your homeland had, which is something that's, like, you know, Aguardiente is very special to my family. I'm sure rum is very special to your family. And it's cool that you got to take that into the Americanized world a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I think growing up, one of the most uh, things that we were proud of in Guatemala was our rum. Like, anywhere we go in the world, like, most Guatemalans, when they go on a trip or they're going to go visit family somewhere, they always show up with a bottle of, like, really good rum. That's just, wow. like, a personal pride. So, uh it's awesome to be able to, you know, go back and work with the best rum distillers in the world, people we've looked up to growing up, people who have put Guatemala on the map. Right. To go back to them and have them collaborate uh, to put our product out. That's amazing. So yeah. I know the alcohol distribution process is a hefty one to get into. Can you tell us pre-COVID what it was like to actually get your product on any shelf or into any restaurant and, and hotel? Because I can't imagine it's an easy one at all. No. No, it's definitely not easy. Um, alcohol sort of has created, alcohol distribution has sort of created a chicken and egg type situation um, because it's structured in such a way that in order for you to sell to, let's say, a liquor store, right? I want to get you a, a liquor store bottle. I can't uh, just go to a liquor store and sell a bottle in and then, you know, grab it from my car and and give it to them. Right. You have to sell it through a distributor, like a licensed distributor. Um, and traditionally, licensed distributors, um, they don't like to take on products that they don't know sell. So that's where the chicken and egg situation comes in, where like, how can I sell and create a sales sort of history to prove myself to distributor if I can't sell without the distributor? Right. So... Uh, in the last probably five to 10 years, there have been new companies who've come out that are sort of like a platform for new spirit brands to go get out there, which is, uh, it's basically like a delivery service with a license. So you can go out, like when I first got my first bottle of rum, I literally had a bottle of rum in my backpack and I would go around my neighborhood bars and I'd taste everyone on it. And if somebody was interested in buying it, I could then 
sort of toss it over to the delivery service company and they would fulfill it for me. Right. They don't offer the traditional services of a distributor of like having a sales force or anything like that, but it was just a really great platform for us to start. So that's why we're seeing in the last five to 10 years, like more brands on the shelves versus like you have like every cool mezcal, tequila, like cool stuff coming out. You didn't have that before because you didn't have these companies and like the big distributors weren't interested in you if you weren't, you know, Tito's or Casamigos. Right. Like, it wasn't, uh, it's not possible. So, you know, prior to COVID, uh, it was boots on the ground, us going and selling and using this delivery service to build up a, you know, something of a sales force. And then eventually we got a big distributor, you know, right. you start to get big distributors and you just keep hustling and you have their, their support. But yeah, you got a, a lot of, a lot of components to just get one bottle on a shelf. Yeah, no, I, I just felt that was really important because now I'm going to get into post COVID and I just feel like for people who, again, you're my first alcohol company on here. And I feel like when we spoke personally, I had no idea what it took to get into just to get onto a shelf or to get into a Soho house. So I was like, damn, that's that's a shitload of work to, to be done just to like put yourself out there. Just that alone. Um, but now, so here we are in the midst of COVID with so many restaurants closing. I'm sure you were nervous about how this would affect your business. As many of these hotels and restaurants are what you bank on. What did this timing look like for you? Yeah, so March, March 8th, I get married, <laughs> Sunday, everything's fine. March 10th, we leave to Mexico on our honeymoon. I show up in Mexico, we get to the hotel, and that's when I start seeing text messages coming in from all my friends freaking out in our group chats about pandemic uh-huh and i'm just sitting there and i'm saying holy shit 95 percent of my customers just shut down indefinitely we have no idea we're fucked here we go sorry for cursing no curse <laughs> up the storm <laughs> okay um, covid was no joke so like use all the words that you okay, need okay. <laughs> I'm, my mom my mom hates me for this i'm like a trucker it's okay um, but yeah, no, we're I was, at that moment. I was just like, Oh shit here. It's over. I might as well just enjoy my honeymoon. Cause when I get back, you know, life is over. Um, <laughs> but luckily, you know, you just kind of, you know, in that moment, um, you know, we'd really, I didn't really know what to do. I definitely was paralyzed, um, for a while. Luckily we, in November, the year prior, 2019, um, we met these girls who have a platform that allows liquor companies to have a bottle shop, like an online bottle shop. Um, and it's all compliant with the system I was explaining before that's called the three tier system. And it's all compliance. So it goes through a distributor and a retailer and all this stuff. Um, so it's totally legal. Um, and we had set up this like online store, but at the time it was like me and like our marketing director, Lena, we were running around the country, like crazy, just going down the traditional path, like not paying much attention to it. I had it because I was like, in the back of my mind, I'm saying I'm a millennial and I know that e-commerce is the future. It's not really a thing for rum or sorry for spirits yet, but I should have it just to have it. Um, and so we built out this store. And so when everything started happening, I was like, okay, we got to pull out all of our marketing dollars from all of the other things that we're doing and let's start doing ads. Let's start doing, you know, in, let's get, get crazy on social media and start leveraging that and see what happens. And yo, I mean, it was great. I mean, it's just really like it worked. We did a, we did a fundraiser for, you know, all of the restaurant employees here in Miami. So we did like a, 
you know, if you buy a bottle, we donate the proceeds. We like, we, you know, we to that helped us like, you know, raise funds. Absolutely. Also helped us like get the ball rolling on that and have something of a a meaning to get started. Um, and then from there, it just it started just working. It was just finally like, oh my god, oh my god, it's working, it's working. Um, just focus, focus, focus. And then we just we for the last four or five months, we've focused completely on that. We don't have restaurants and bars are still closed here in Florida for the most part. Um, you know, a lot of them are not that they're closed they're open they're just the bars are not at full capacity so it's not a thing for us the liquor stores do well um so people are buying liquor like crazy, but more than anything like online like that was our saving grace and in less than four months we were able to re- surpass um what we were doing in sales in the real world I, I say like you know <laughs> in the physical world we surpassed our sales um online in four months what took us about a year to build in real life so it's kind of like a as cheesy as it sounds, a sort of silver lining moment where like, whoa, we should, everybody should be doing this. If you're going into spirits, don't go the traditional path, go e-commerce, build your space, like understand who you're selling to. And then, and then go the traditional route. So it just, it's, it's, it's normal for like everybody who, you know, is in, I guess in a, in a, in a unregulated good to like make a stick Shopify store and like, go, you can like all these cool brands. But for us, it was just, it's completely uncharted territory. Um, that worked and it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't understand like e-commerce world, just cause like, you know, some people have no idea what that like world entails. Can you just briefly explain what that meant for you? So like before you were doing the three tier system and then this meant you could literally just like the same way we can buy stuff from, you know, uh, my friend Brownlee's company. Like I can buy pants now from that. You can like literally do that. So can you just explain the e-commerce, like how that transition is? Cause I know a lot of people, I understand it, but a lot of people don't. So just like kind of like a quick rundown of how that worked. Cause you went from such an insane system to being able to just like be like, yo, here it is. Like you can buy one, you can buy two, you can buy 12, you can do whatever you want, which is like a crazy way for things to go. Especially like I was telling you when we spoke that like Alcohol has become very unregulated. Like in New York City, in the Washington Square Park, there's like alcohol men now. Like it's like New Orleans. So the whole world, the alcohol industry has really changed like a lot, like majorly. And I feel like people don't realize the e-commerce effect and that like even pricing wise, the difference of how it is if it was to be in a store versus online. Little things like that just to like... You know, I like to give the business side of things a little because that's kind of what's taught me a little bit in this world. Sure. Okay. So, um, e-commerce. So basically, well, so look in the re- in for normal companies, your e-commerce is what they call direct to consumer, right? DTC. Yes. yes. And that's like if I make a T-shirt, uh, I'm gonna mark it up. You know, usually like sell it to let's say a retailer. If I was selling my T-shirts to Bloomingdale's, they need to make a 50% markup. So they're going to double double the price. So I sell it to them at 10, they're going to put it for 20. Um, the difference for like e-commerce brands, like let's say in fashion or whatever, would be that instead of giving them the margin, you would keep the margin as a brand. And so you can be like a, you know, a startup entrepreneur and you have a better opportunity to have to keep all those margins. And But for us, we still have to go through the three tiers, as I explained. So it still has to go through a, a distributor, still has to go through uh, a retailer at the end of it. Um, so our margins are probably somewhat similar, maybe a little bit better. But more importantly than anything is that it, um, 
it allows us and allows any e-commerce company to connect directly with your customer, which is just unheard of for, you know, if you were to sell through a Bloomingdale's, you don't know that Alexa bought it on the other end. No idea. (laughs) What she's like, what things she likes, nothing. So for e-commerce brands, you can connect with customers directly and know exactly who they are. You know, you'll, you'll see them on social media, how they interact with your brand, what their interests are. So when you're building your brand and building your, your, new new products or marketing campaigns whatever you're just going in it knowing exactly who you're talking to you're not you know and i'm sure and i'm sure you've made so many like better relationships through that of being like oh my god you really love my rum like like you vibe with what we vibe with like i'm sure it's like opened your like commute like communications to like being able to be like oh my god you are actually what what we sell to and which leads me to my another point my my another point my other point which is what we spoke about which is that you actually did find out in these researches that who you were trying to sell to was really a different age group so can you like run us through that because that was a really interesting thing that you ended up finding out that you would have never found out had you not gone on your own e-commerce vibes yeah, no, we were totally selling to people who we were selling like the coconuts to. We thought it was the same market. You know, we were really focused on just like super fancy luxury hotels and, you know, the people that are hanging out on the beach in Miami Beach, like partying, younger millennials. You know, this is who we were trying to target. Um, but in reality, our buyers are a little bit older. As you mentioned, like the age group, it's like 35 and above. A lot of people from around the country who live in, you know, more like outside of the city. So they're not like cosmopolitan, like, you know, fancy people. Um, So that actually sort of like changed a lot in our business because we um, like, for example, these hats, like I'm wearing a hat right now. uh, We saw that like people were like super into the brand. And so now we're like running campaigns so that people can like get a free hat if they buy, you know, a bottle and. They're really cute, They're guys. It's like very vintagey, cool coconut cartel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are just digging it. They're digging the nostalgic branding of it. Yeah. Sort of maybe reminds them of things that they used to see when they were kids. So that's why maybe it's like an older demographic that's gravitating towards it. Um, we've learned that like people who like fishing and boating and you know like like to be out on the water are big fans. So now you know, be like, obviously, I'll do. I should promote at the boat show, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy when you know exactly who your customer is, how it changes everything. And I, I really think that if you're not doing e-commerce, you're missing out on a huge, hugely important data point. Lots of data points. Actually. Well, people, did you hear that? I heard, I hope you heard that very loud and clear. <laughs> so I actually want to talk about something that you and I spoke about personally, but working from home obviously changed everything majorly. And we had talked about how one of my podcast guests said that she felt super pre-COVID. She was like so burnt out doing so many things. And you were like, I really agree with her. Like I realized I can do so much from home and I don't have to make it to a plane ride to this, to that, to here, to there. So can you tell us how one, your burnt outness, because I think it's super real and honest. And I think you'd be lying if you said that you weren't burnt out during this time. I think every one of us is like, as I'm pointing to her being like trying to show my zen face I think we're all you know working towards that so can you tell us about when you were burnt out and what you realized that you can do not being 100% in office show face like now that you have learned how to communicate and do all of this like from a screen yeah no I mean I think 
in every, a lot of industries, but very much so in my industry, um, showing face and entertainment and being, you know, there and front of mind is number one. You always hear like, you need to go visit every single one of your accounts all the time. They need to know your name. They need to know your brand because of the day that it comes that they need to, you know, do their menus or they need to order stuff. They're not going to remember you. And so it's like this constant anxiety of I should be out visiting my customers all the time. I should be, you know, visiting my distributors in other states. Oh, you want a one hour meeting about something pretty basic? You want it to be in person? That's fine. I will buy a plane ticket and I will fly up for the day to New Jersey to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not sustainable. It's just not like there's a number of times where. I just, you know, I was just so sad going to the airport. Like I was just spending so much time in the airport and on planes and by myself. And I'm personally just such a homebody. I love to be home. And uh, that was really tough for me. It was like, I knew that this is what I needed to be doing at the moment. And I knew that it was in the long run, I'm putting in the grunt work that I need to so that one day I'll have the lifestyle that I want and all these things that you just, you know, society and everything tells you that or just the industry that you're in and people who are have been working it for 40 years tell you how it is how it should be done and you're like well that's how it's supposed to be done because they've been doing it for 40 years totally so i was very burnt out probably very depressed probably (laughs) um, definitely lots of baseline and like a there's a baseline level of anxiety at all times. There was. I mean, there still is. I've always been an anxious person. It's yeah. just part of, it's part of my steez. But it was to a level that was unhealthy for sure. And that's that I am really aware of it. Um, I have, so, you know, I've, like I said, I've always had anxiety in these things. So I always knew that it was a thing in my life. So I've, you know, I have so many coping mechanisms for it. Like, you know, mechanisms to, not coping mechanisms, but mechanisms to better it and you know, get it under control, but it just wasn't enough. When you don't have time and, and somebody else, it's like some sort of wheel has you on it. Man, so what this, you know, what th- this whole crisis did was it really, you know, it was obviously like devastating in so many ways, but it changed my life for the better in the long run. Um, I it maybe even like saved my, could have saved my business now because it like catapulted it to another level. Um, on the business side, but also on my personal life. Like, as I mentioned, I, I had just gotten married on March 8th and I knew that the moment that I got back from my honeymoon, I was going to be living on planes. I probably wouldn't see my husband for three years. I literally told him, I'm like, this not here for three years and hopefully after the three years, I'll be able to like be home more and like we can start our life. So I literally told him, this. I'm like, that's just what's for dinner right now. And I've been home ever since my wedding and I get to be here with, with him and my dog and you know, my family's not far away and my business is doing even better and also people's expectations of you have changed it they're not you know they're not like oh you have to come in for this one hour meeting they're now just like we can do it on zoom thank you very much I'm also in my house and we can do exactly the same thing what we were gonna do um from afar so it's also that's helpful because you're not thinking on the other side like oh they expected me to be there and I didn't show up shit right no it's fine they're just like this is perfect and so phew hopefully that sort of no good that that was literally that was absolutely perfect I you know it was just really important for me to bring that up because a lot of people felt super like flustered and unsure and they were hustling every minute and this changed this was you know even for my boyfriend who's you know he's in real estate development I was telling you 
like being on, 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 on. And then he was like stuck to his screen. He was like, wait. But he also realized like there now he like not takes days off, but he's like, okay, I can take all of these meetings from, from here today. I don't need to like go to 20 job sites today to like prove that I'm here. Like I'm here where you have to keep safe. And like, this is what life is now. So it's like, it was just important for me to like talk about that, that change of, of doing so much. And it's not that you're not doing that much anymore. It's that we are saying you're, it's, you're working smarter and harder. It's not like, you know, you're you, just cause you're not going to every place. Actually, you're probably working better now that you actually like have all of that anxiety, like a little bit held back. Obviously we have that natural anxiety, but, um, no, I just thought that was really important. And, you know, m- many other guests have mentioned that before that they were like, go, go, go. So this was very hard for them. So I obviously appreciate you answering that. And that leads me into my next question, which is, what do you plan to continue to do to grow Coconut Cartel now that you've gained this deep information that you didn't know before, such as knowing that like people 35 and older are your biggest consumers, and now that you realize the market that this really sells towards? What like can we look forward to? We have so many plans now, like exciting plans, you know, and like plans that I'm just like, this is going to work. This is 100% going to work because I know it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean... Um, Right now, I think the things that we're like doing is obviously we're going to expand the e-commerce. So we're, you know, in the middle of what always entrepreneurs are in the middle of the capital raise. So we're doing a capital raise now to like fund our um, e-commerce expansion. So there's so much you can do online um, and we just want to do a lot of it. (laughs) Right now we're limited to what we can, you know, cash flow afford, but uh, definitely going to grow the e-commerce. We've seen that advertising online for e-commerce has also spilled into retail. So we have retailers in all sorts of states being like, I'd love to carry your product. How can I get it? Um, so there's also going to be an expansion of like physical, um, uh, shelf space and distribution opportunities. Right. Um, and then product development lots of, since we've learned a lot of what our customers like and what they want, we can now develop products for them. So, um, we have a couple top secret products in the works um, (laughs) super stoked about um and uh, you know some cool partnerships that we're working on um so it's like it's almost like the business just started I really feel like it's like a a rebirth and there's guys she's like smiling ear to ear right now (laughs) no you know it's just like it's been I've been running this brand for almost seven years now my god seven years since like we were just like hustling from you know literally our backpacks and um it's an upward battle man like everyone it's just like everyone they oh overnight success like wow like you guys are killing it now and it's like it's been seven yeah you're like no 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 it hasn't been a day it's been years (laughs) years like struggle and like yeah going that like now it's just like it hit that moment where it's like, it's going to go and it's really exciting. So I, I can't even, I, I, this poll call's too short for me to tell you all. I'm, 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 well, I'm just so excited for you. And if you don't mind, can we get personal before we close out? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I'm a big lover and I know you just got married, started a business and he is actually in the medical field. 
How has this time of your life of marriage changed, starting a company and then a global pandemic, and your husband working on the forefront, which I'm very thankful to him. Everyone should be. <laughs> so I just want to know, like, obviously getting married, starting a company, having your husband be in the middle of a pandemic, like, I, that's something you don't hear of often. So I'd love for you to just kind of share that all and obviously how he has been doing it through this time. Yeah, um, you know, if everyone listening out there, uh, I'll take this opportunity to tell you that this is not a hoax, okay? Um, <laughs> Thank you, Danny. Um, yeah, you know, it's when I mentioned earlier that I was paralyzed when this whole thing started, a big thing in my mind was I'm 28 years old and there's a possibility that I'm going to be a widow at the end of this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just got married. Um, it literally makes me tear up, like, thinking about it, but... Um, I'm, like, literally so, tearing up with you. <laughs> it's so awful, you know? He's uh, he's the type of... He's, like, a really smart guy, and he's, like, a really... Uh, he never He's never afraid. And the last four months or five months, whatever the hell it's been at this point, he comes home and he's scared shitless. There's things that he is seeing that are so horrific... Um, that he's completely shocked by it. So, you know, here I am running my business and I'll have exciting news. And it's also, you know, a distraction for him and it's exciting for him. So like I keep him in the loop and he's super stoked about it. And I swear to you that a big motivator for me personally is to try to help him, you know, not get out of medicine because he's a medicine man and that's what he's made to do. Of course. But, you know, it's so, um, it's such an exhausting and really difficult field that I just would love to get him into a position where he can do just things that he loves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, be more like office based or, um, you know, research and things like that, because it really like people don't realize just how difficult that that field is. And especially right now. So yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's roller coaster of emotions from, you know, scared shitless to super excited. It's totally like a tug of war, but humans are amazing in the way that they adapt and get used to things um even if they're bad hello stockholm syndrome literally (laughs) so i think that we're in just that state right now of we just need to stay healthy and i literally never leave my house like i'm i'm we're both like exposed all the time so like i just don't leave my house and uh he comes home he strips down when he gets home goes straight to the shower he um, you know, he's in the hospital at five thirty six in the morning every day, you know, grinding it out. And man, like, I just can't, it's just, yeah, no, I, I just like, I just, we don't have to go even deeper because Danny's like literally about to like cry. I mean, he's amazing. Like in of happiness, he's like literally a hero. It's amazing. Um, but not that many people, we don't hear that, that like, Personally, I don't know that of that many people in the field right now. I know one other person, and he actually also got married, and then this happened. So he's oh been God. right literally in February. He got married. It was a great wedding. Greg Frankel, <laughs> love you. Um, but right after this happened, so that's it's like, and his wife also is in the medical field, so they've been in it together. But it's like a really crazy time, and I feel like again with you saying it's not a hoax, it's really important for me to like let my people know and let everyone know that like 
there are people that you have no idea about that are also out there like every day like fighting or doing something for the help of others and I just think it's really important to mention that and again you guys did just get married and there is there is a fear this this is a big deal I know of many people who have passed during this so your feelings are validated entirely to feel the way that you do and you know I think you and you and I spoke about it that like that's your best friend and that's your person and you're obviously going to I mean she's going to go get a COVID test after this that's why we started our our episode early um but you know I think it shows a lot of how much you love and respect each other to continue to like respect your health your space your this your that and even you wanting to be like I'd love for him to one day to get out of that space because it's it's heavy it's a heavy place to be and it's been and like you said it's been since March April, June, July, August, five, five to six months now of this. It's a lot on the brain. It's a lot on everything. Yeah. You know, our, yeah, it's, uh, the news isn't really reporting it. There's so much crazy politicizing of everything and mm-hmm. like, oh, like conspiracy theories and whatever. It's just like the bottom, and people thinking that doctors are bad. There's this whole thing of like the doctors, you know, they're the bad ones. Blah, and it's, I, I promise you that they don't go through 12 years of, gruesome training and you know some people coming out with half a million dollars of debt to screw you i promise you they're yeah. just trying to help no totally I well i just i just really i thought that was real when you shared that with me i thought that was really special so i i just wanted to share that with others and you know i before i close this out is there anything you want to mention about the coconut cartel or anything you have coming up and then i'll then i'll say my last words to you <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, I wanted to mention something because I heard that you, when you were in your college days, were a Jack and Coke kind of girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you were, you were a dark spirits girl? I, I, was, I was an animal, like a straight up animal. Like it's like it's, it's bizarre that I am who I am today because I was a straight up beast. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if you're drinking, that, that's the perception, too, right, of a girl drinking dark spirits. Like, oh, watch out for her. But uh, one thing I would mention is if any of you listeners are also a dark spirits girl or are interested in dark spirits, we have made one that is just for you. It's uh, something that's just very easy for you to sip and... Uh, you'll look like a badass drinking it. So, oh, um, you know. I, you know, I don't drink that much, but I'd love to try it. I'm open to, I'm open to giving it a chance. Anything that I'm here I, after, after I hit 25 hangovers happened and I was like, Oh my God, I just, I, I have to be a stoner. This like is not the world for me anymore, but I, we have a, I'll show you our bar cart. We have every alcohol you can imagine. Um, I don't know why, but I would love to try that out. And, you know, you guys are really, your website's so cool. You guys have, like, a little page where you can, like, kind of, you guys teach how to, like, make a little cocktail. So maybe I'll get my own bottle and uh, make a little, make, make a little, make a little something. Well, with that being said, uh, you know, you really answered all of my questions. And I'm so enlightened. I had no idea that, like, how COVID could change the game for everyone, but also alcohol retailers. And I'm so grateful for you for sharing your story and sharing that in a moment of fear, which we all had to take a moment to do your research and to take a new approach, which obviously was e-commerce. And that information is really, really special. And I'm thankful that you provided that with us. 
And I just want to also thank you for sharing your personal life and personal story and what's going on. Because again, this is something that we all don't know the answers to and everyone's confused about and doesn't know. So to have someone personally who knows someone on the forefront was really special. And I'm really excited to see what Coconut Cartel has coming up. Lena Garrett, hi, babe. We love you nearly and dearly. And I'm just really excited for you. I think I, I like have enjoyed getting to know you this past two weeks and I think amazing things are about to happen. I mean, I know the secret projects, but <laughs> but I'm really excited for you. And I think this has been such a wonderful time for you. Because like you said, you've almost like rebranded to be that vintage vibe of, uh, of what you were looking for. And I think it's so cool that you guys actually found out like, the ranges of people and who really likes things. And I think that's something I hope a lot of people are learning through this work from home vibe is that you can really find like true facts out during this time and see what your businesses really actually do need because you're having more like FaceTime. Yeah, no customer service, baby. You gotta yeah. you do it online. You don't need to be... <laughs> So thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the vibe, Danny. You are a light and I'm just really grateful that you could take the time and talk to me and you're just the best, babe. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the platform to say what up and tell my crazy story. I appreciate it so much. Always my love. Have a beautiful day.